there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this is the Gem Jam, where we do an episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms, because it is truly outrageous, and... And and this is the last episode. So I guess if we're going to have Lucas on the show, we should do it now. Oh, shit. Hey, Lucas, what's up? Hello. I've been living in the rafters like NWO Sting ever since the Shangri-La episode. This is season three, episode 12, A Father Should Be, aka episode 65. This is the last episode of the Gem and the Holograms cartoon. And um, since Lucas... Uh, we have been talking about having you on for a little while, and then we realized, oh, wait, we only have a couple episodes left. Uh, we figured since we're going to be doing a retrospective episode after this one, why not just do the really disorganized Gem Jam hashtag brand thing and bring you on for the last episode? A trademark Gem Jam audible on the line of scrimmage for the episode known in Italy as Daddy Wanted. I'm glad you thought of me, Annie. Oh, my God. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a great amazing. I love it. I don't like it. So, Lucas, what's your connection with Gem and the Hologram? So my connection with Gem and the Holograms is pretty simple. I mean, I'm old enough to have been watching TV when it first came out. I'm a massive Transformers fan, and Gem and the Transformers were playing back-to-back on New Brunswick television in the late 80s. But because it was usually played at 3 o'clock and then 3.30, we would never be home in time for the whole episode. So my dad, deciding that VCRs are sometimes more useful than being a parent, would record back-to-back Transformers and Gem episodes onto a series of VHS tapes where he'd popped up the tab so he could get a full three hours of recording on them complete with commercials and so later when i was in middle school and high school and eventually university whenever i needed something on in the background i would just pop those tapes in these now degraded tracking heavy transformers and gem tapes and i knew all the ads and i remember i had half of roxy rumbles and i had a good chunk of the episode that i can't remember the name of where kimber and stormer become their own band i mean to become lovers right the gay episode so so all of these things became just as ingrained in me as the stuff that i initially wanted to watch to the point where there was a back-to-back commercial for the equivalent of Malibu Stacy with a new hat. I sing the song of Rock and Curl Gem. Look, new gem, new Rock and Curl Gem. She had the greatest look, the most incredible hair, because Rock and Curl Gem is there. Oh, wow, what a style. She's the prettiest girl. I love new gem Rock and Curl. Then there's some testimonials of two little girls saying, she's prettier than ever. I love what she can do with her hair. You can tease it up. You can curl it down. Rock and Curl Gem's got hair to rave about. Gem Rock and Curl, Rock and Curl Gem, which immediately smash cut into the glittering gold commercial. Oh my god. I did not look that up. That was off the dome. I love it. So when you all started doing the show, it was like an excuse for me to access those memories again that I'd hidden in the back of my Dreamcatcher memory palace. I think Lucas is is going to break our show record for deepest cut in terms of references because we were already at Dreamcatcher Mind Palace and it's only downhill from here, folks. Oh my god, we actually need to talk about this specific cartoon show. Okay, so we started an art show. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. We start with the Hill Street Blues music. No, no, we don't. We start off by talking about how this is that written by Christy Marks? Oh yeah, it's written by Christy Marks, the main writer. So there's continuity. So this is at City Elementary School, where Bonnie ostensibly goes to school. All of Bonnie's pictures have red hair. Also, one of the other kids clearly drew Omega Supreme from Transformers. All of Bonnie's art are uh, literary figures that she aspires to be like or have a dad like, I guess. There's three of them, really. There's Robin Hood, there's King Arthur, and there's Sherlock Holmes. Of those three, Sherlock Holmes never had any children, and King Arthur doesn't have the greatest track record with parenthood. And the King Arthur is very specifically a Mycobar Camelot 3000 King Arthur, which is gonna come up later. And then Bonnie just sort of looks around and realizes that she is surrounded by dads. 
And then she starts crying about how everybody has a dad except her. You live in a house of orphans! Jerrica actually handles this pretty well, which isn't making a scene, just saying, excuse me, to her art teacher, and they just leave that space that was making her uncomfortable. Plus one parenting to Jerrica. Jerrica is actually being a good parent in this episode. Just for this episode for the first time ever. Let's go home and get you started on being my serving girl at a party. Yeah, the kid's gotta go. She's got a shift in 10 minutes. Except instead of that, Bonnie just goes to, like, brood out her window. And Ashley and Chrissy come in. The only other two Starlight girls who have dolls and characters. And they're like, hey, Bonnie, do you want to go to the movies? No. Do you want carrot cake? No. And then we cut immediately to the kitchen where Jarek is like, she didn't eat the carrot cake? Code orange. We have a code orange at the Starlight Mansion. She didn't even lick off the cream cheese icing? Have we established that Bonnie actually likes carrot cake? Because otherwise this is weird. So... Ashley is like, this is really creepy. And Chrissy agrees and says she's waiting for her father to appear out of nowhere. So Jem comes up with the idea that maybe they should go get Randy, i.e. the guy that Bonnie thought was her dad in, what was it? Was it the Jem Jam? The eponymous Jem Jam. Call back. So yeah, Randy James is just in town recording something or other. It doesn't matter. He says a movie soundtrack, but then later he's in the booth with Riot. Yeah, because Jerrica has just dropped what she is doing, which is apparently making lunch for all of the orphans. Screw you, I'm gonna go talk to Randy James. Hey, I came to interrupt, sorry, Riot. First off, oh my god, it's Pizzazz. She doesn't have a line here, but it's Pizzazz. What the hell are they recording that they have Pizzazz, Riot, and Randy in the same booth? What are they giving Pizzazz that she is quiet and listening to Jem when she enters? So much Valium. Uh, Riot and this band, and also Pizzazz, are in this recording studio. They're in a room, and then you hear Jem over the PA saying, sorry to interrupt your session. And there's there's that overlay, so it sounds like it's like, oh, sorry to interrupt your session, Riot. <laughs> Riot turns around and says, Jem, my sweet. And then Jem is just there, in front of him. She is teleported in. And she needs to talk to Randy, who looks like there was a transporter accident, Tuvix style, between hollow notes. So Jem is like, hey, Bonnie's obsessed with her dad again. As happens, like, once a season. Can you, like, go talk to her as the guy who is not her dad? But she still respects. You broke her heart because you're not actually her dad, but maybe you can go talk to her and that'll make her feel better? And Randy is totally down for that because studio time means nothing to Randy. He's here to make dreams come true. I'll drop everything once I'm done with the song. An orphan is sad to the Randy Mobile. And then we go back to Bonnie's brooding room. Randy shows up and she's like, Oh, hey. And Randy thinks this is weird because let us remind you that the last time Bonnie hung out with Randy, she threw herself into a bear pit to make Randy love her. And he goes, is that all the welcome I get? And he moonwalks out of the room. And Bonnie's like, I'm sorry, Randy, but I want my real father. If I can't have my father, I don't want to live anymore. Suicide threats. You know, for kids. And Jerrica's like, okay, Bonnie, you've been living here for years. We're family. Not having a dad doesn't mean you don't have a family. Let me sing about it. So this is the Gem of the Hologram song, Family Is. And it's a series of very confusing hallucinations. Family is a series of very confusing hallucinations. I think that's an apt metaphor. It also incorporates every red-haired man who was ever on this television show. Even if they were pretty much brunette but had some red highlights. Thrill as Bunny is attempted to be murdered by villagers with pitchforks. Chill as Green Arrow and King Arthur from Camelot 3000 murder peasants in a violent display of class warfare. King Arthur shoots lasers out of Excalibur at some pirates. And then King Arthur and Robin 
Robin Goodfellow turn into Randy and Jem? Oh, and then Jem psychically influences Bunny by doing that Charles Xavier pose where she taps her head. And it's like, hey, family is a state of mind, Bunny. Bunny, let me into your mind. Let me help you. Aja is taking a picture of a birthday cake and she makes everyone get out of the frame so she can take the shot for Pinterest. Okay, and please feel free to cut this. I'm an analog camera nerd. She is using a film camera. She then takes an 8x10 Polaroid that turns black and white and then color, and that is not how Polaroids work. No, I'm keeping that in, dude. And then the song ends, and Bonnie's like, I know you love me, but it's not the same thing. And it's like, okay, look, real talk, I know these are feelings that people who grew up in non-nuclear families struggle with, but Bonnie! And she's like, I want my real father. Why won't he come for me? Doesn't he love me? No, Jerrica's your dad now. And Jerrica decides that she has had enough of this garbage. And she says, hey, hey, Bunny, you ever thought your dad could be dead? Isn't that nice? He could just, he could just be dead. He could be a fetid corpse in an unmarked grave. It sounds like we're joking, but she does literally say we don't even know if he's, you know, alive. So... Jerrica decides to actually do something about this, and she throws a family conference with the other holograms, and it's like, okay, bullet points. Bonnie's father was an American soldier in Vietnam, married Bonnie's mom, whose name is Kyo Ching. They say Kyo Ching in this conversation, but it's Kyo Ching later in the episode. But they were separated. Bonnie's mother died, and we get the only new piece of information aside from Bonnie's mother's name is his name was Martin, and then Bonnie says that he has red hair. So, you know, if his name is Martin, then and keep on the lookout for a ghost mouse who wanders around Abby's telling stupid riddles about wherever the hell they put a sword this time. Why did she ever think Randy was her dad? I don't think she actually knew the Martin thing, just he has red hair. So this is information they've withheld from her. Apparently. So this is the point where the episode literally turns into Max fanfic, because the only person that can help us, the only person is Riot. And they're like, why can Riot help us? And she's like, because his dad was an officer, the special forces. Military intelligence. We have this nice scene where Riot's like, just because we decided not to argue in front of mob doesn't mean we've actually patched up a lifetime of anger and emotional abuse. Continuity! But you are the reason we're on speaking terms, so I'm not as heartless as you think. So Gemma's like, oh my gosh, thank you, and kisses him on the cheek, and he's like, I'll collect a real kiss later when you realize how truly wonderful I am. So then we go to the magical military intelligence office where there is a lady sergeant. Oh, and I need to say that Riot's dad, who looks like General Flag from G.I. Joe, leans in and says, I'd like you to help my son Rory with a quick project in a tone that says that there has been at least eight of these projects before today. And one of them was just some loose jello on a plate. And then Riot hands this lady a file and says, can you check for anyone matching this description? What does that file have in it? Red hair, maybe named Martin? I know exactly what it has in it because they show it on the screen. It says, service, army, 19 76. Status, honorable discharge. Hair, red. Not even anything about Anne Locke? Nope. But luckily, there are only three people who match that description in the entirety of the U.S. enlisted services. Three once you filter for Martin as a first name as well as a last name. They dot matrix that out of the machine. And Riot does something nice. He compliments Sergeant Langley in a way that you think he's gonna like hit on her. It definitely sounds like he's about to invite her out to dinner. Yeah, but then he says, no, you're a genius. As in, you've helped me in this really smart way. Isn't that great? I value your intelligence. And I, and I am not gonna chat you up because you 
you know, you probably have a gun on you. I like that Riot's entire character development just turned on a dime, like two episodes from the end of the season. And then he turns to his dad and says, thank you. And they smile at each other. So we've got three names. We've got Leonard Martin, who's in Nebraska, which is a three and a half hour flight. Isn't he a film critic? That's Leonard Moulton. Okay. There's Andy Martin, who's in Las Vegas, which is a four hour drive. And then there's Martin O'Carolyn with no location, but he's got to be close because they drive the glitter and gold roaster to get him. So we have strike teams. Kimber and Aja are going to go track down Martin O'Carolyn. Rhea and Rio are going to Nebraska to talk to Leonard Martin. Why didn't we get that episode? And then Shayna and Jerrica head to Andy Martin in Las Vegas. I desperately, desperately want the long, uncomfortable road trip between Rio and Rhea. Oh, poor Rhea. She doesn't deserve this. So that's our commercial break. Is everybody splitting up to go find the different Martins? Memento Mori, Rhea's patience. And then we have a couple of different scenes here. We are going to Martin A, which is Martin O'Carolyn at the Veteran Hospital. They meet a man named Dr. Sakai. I choose to believe that is named for Stan Sakai. Finally, a Japanese character who's not a stereotypical nightmare. <laughs> Dr. Sakai has no scruples about doctor-patient confidentiality, by the way. He claims to have them, and then he's like, nah, whatever. Here's his last known address and his legal name. And, you know, let me just give you a social security card just to be safe. It turns out that he has amnesia, by the way. Martin O'Carolan was a POW who was in bad shape when he came into the hospital, and he has amnesia! You have to, like, look out a window and say... He has amnesia. So, Leonard Martin lives in Nebraska. Ace Packing is where he works. He's out of the running immediately. And then we go to Martin C. in Las Vegas, who is Andy Martin, who is losing all of his money playing craps. And he is a dick. Also, Andy is wearing a shark tooth and a St. Christopher's medallion and a gold chain. So you know he's a seedy dude. They're like, hey, so you were stationed near Ann Locke. You might be a dad. Does that sound familiar? And he's like, leave me with my son photo of Jim. Which is on the wall. It's on the wall of the casino. <laughs> Meanwhile, we need to check in back in Bonnie's brooding chambers. Where she's drawing Morph from Exiles. Chrissy checks in on Bonnie, whose first question is, is Jim back yet? And I'd like to imagine that she has been asking this question every time someone comes by since Jim left. And Chrissy asks, hey, who are you drawing? And Bonnie's like, I'm drawing my dad. And Chrissy rightfully points out, you've never met your dad. And now it's time for a song. Oh crap, it's Asian Rift. MP3. It's time for A Father Should Be Again, you guys. Last heard in the Gem Jam Part 1, it is no less awkward to listen to as before. The lyrics are actually very nice and cute, but everything about the way they chose to orchestrate this is a nightmare. Also, there's no way Bonnie's actual dad could live up to all this hype. And then at the end of the song, Bonnie rips up the drawing and weeps hysterically. Morph, no! I am worried about Bonnie. But don't worry, if her father's a Alive, Jerrica will find him. If he's alive. Meanwhile, back in Vegas, Jem is here to get sexually harassed by Andy. Jem's like, so we were asking about a little Vietnamese girl, and he's like, I heard big fancy mansion with lots of money. That's me. I'm a pappy. He's most definitely not the real dad, and yet Jem is like, yep, seems legit. I love in the background of this, like, Shayna is just putting her head in her hands and rubbing her temples, and he's like, I can't wait to meet my little... What, what, what's her name? Bonnie. Bonnie! Right, my little Bonnie. He never says Bonnie in the whole episode. This may be a particular thing for me because my partner's name is Kimiko and the amount of people who hear that name and go, I'll just call you Kim. And she looks and she says, no, you shouldn't do that. It's three freaking syllables. 
So we go back to Aja and Kimber, who are at O'Carolan's gallery, because it turns out Martin is a painter. And voiced by Maurice LaMarche, I think? The sign for the gallery is in cursive, except for the R in gallery, and it hurts my soul. The important thing is that he sounds like Maurice LaMarche. He's like, he's got that, like, I don't know if I am Bonnie's father. It's really nasally up there. It's a very distinct voice. So halfway through their spiel, Aja just kind of smoke bombs? And she finds a painting of Bonnie's mom. Or at least a woman who looks enough like Bonnie that they can spot the resemblance. And he's like, she's just a face I see in my dreams sometimes. Because Aja is, as always, the driving force that keeps this episode going, as she has been since the start, she's like, will you just come and look at this girl? And he's like, I guess I didn't have anything planned for today. I mean, it's not like I'm running my gallery or anything, but admittedly, I've been to galleries. Those hours are the equivalent of like secondhand bookstore hours. So we go back to Starlight Mansion where Andy arrives and is just a transparent skis. He even has like an evil laugh. He actually transforms into Snidely Whiplash. Mrs. Bailey, who, by the way, has no speaking lines on here, so series wrap on Mrs. Bailey as of a couple episodes ago, escorts Bonnie down the hallway, and Bonnie sees a man with red hair in the doorway and is like, Daddy! And just runs up to him, and he hugs her and, like, says, Yep, I'm definitely your dad. And then there's just an evil laugh, which nobody seems to care is happening. There's, like, a zoom in on his evil face as he evil laughs. And that's our commercial break, by the way. You didn't buy the Bonnie doll enough. Now she's going to go die. And then we come back and Bonnie's like, look at my expensively furnished room, daddy. And then he's like, yeah, that's very nice. Excuse me, jamming the holograms. Betty and I got a lot to talk about. I'm just going to take her in the car. Goodbye. He straight up kidnaps her and they don't really seem to care. We have this whole scene here, which really illustrates everything that's been going wrong so far, which is Jem like, I can't believe that creep is Bonnie's dad. If only we could do something other than take him precisely at face value. And also fly him in from Las Vegas without checking his credentials or getting a contact number. No, he just, he said he was Bonnie's dad and he seems trustworthy. And then Kimber and Aja arrive with Martin. Let's be honest here. It would be a sucker's bet to say that he is not actually Bonnie's dad. Let's be honest. He is almost definitely Bonnie's dad. He's got a beard. Dads have beards. Hey, I I can vouch for that. So they're all like, well, he said he was Bonnie's dad, so he must be. Sorry, Martin. Would you stay for dinner? He's an artist. He hasn't eaten in weeks. Okay, you guys, I'm so excited I got to write this in my notes, and I'm so excited I'm about to say this in this, the very last episode of Gem. Meanwhile, at the abandoned zoo. Is this the same zoo where Bonnie jumped into the bear pit? It doesn't say that, but I think it is heavily implied by where she ends up. Andy drags Bonnie through this overgrown zoo and is like, meh. And Bonnie's like, you're not a nice person. You must not be my dad. Did you not listen to the song where I said a father is not mean and I have to like him? She does fight free and attempt to escape, but is stymied by her nemesis, the puddle. She falls in some water and Andy catches her and then shoves her into, I'm guessing, the bear enclosure. I would have liked to have seen Bonnie like look around and go, "Ah, I'm back here again, then walk over and press a button on a wall where she's installed a secret door in the time since the last time she fell into a bear pit. And we cut back to Starlight Mansion where Martin is once again explaining what amnesia is. I have... Amnesia. 
So the phone rings, Jerrica answers it, and it's Andy who tells Jerrica to bring a million dollars to the old zoo or you'll never see Bonnie again. I love Jem. This is some high quality soap opera nonsense. Oh my god, Christy Marks is just going out with the best, best stuff. And so, like, Martin has spent this whole episode having, like, he has had no inflection in his voice at all. He has been dead this entire time. And then hearing this, he's just like, without any kind of inflection, I guess we'll have to rescue Bonnie ourselves. No need to involve the police. We must undertake vigilante justice. I was trained for this sort of mission in the army. Oh, sure, you remember that. Get me a tactical turtleneck or tactile neck. So, yeah, he goes full on archer rampage. He says, like, come on, Jim, and then Rio's like, I'm coming too. Today, Rio's job is hostage negotiator. But because this is written by Christy Marks, Martin says, no, I'm only bringing glam rockers. Meanwhile, back at the abandoned zoo. So Martin just, like, leaps out of the car, like, freaking Dukes of Hazard style. He doesn't even open the door and he's like, stall Andy while I scout the location and find the girl. And he starts having, like, nom flashbacks, complete with, like, Star Wars laser gun noises. While he can still jump out of the car unnecessarily over the door, Dukes of Hazard style, and then over the fence. He rolled a one on his stealth check and he's just crashing through the underbrush. Lucas, you mentioned that you took two pages worth of notes on the Vietnam War timeline? I did indeed, because guys, it's a mess. I will preface this by saying uh, I am in no means making fun of anyone who knows people who have been through the Vietnam War. My father was a Vietnam War vet. And so I probably know more about this than I should. But here's the thing, y'all. So Bonnie's nine, right? Nine is close enough. She's sort of a floating nine since I think she's been nine since 1986 and it's 1989. So the Vietnam War started in 1955, escalated in 1965. The Tet Offensive was in 1967. From 1970, the U.S. troops were being pulled back to the interior and their numbers are being reduced by 20, 30 percent. By 73, the Paris Peace Accords come in and they end direct U.S. involvement. By 73 to 75, you've got a full withdrawal. The last helicopter out of Saigon happens in April 1975. The episode airs in the 2nd of May. 1988. Bonnie is nine, and it's said that Martin served in 1976. So that's after actual U.S. action in Vietnam. Yet in the flashbacks, he's in active jungle combat. He's against NVA troops in uniform and was saved by Kyo Ching, or Kyo Ching, as it said in this. He had enough time to fall in love, get her pregnant, get captured, spend time in a POW camp long enough to get amnesia, get released, get released from the VA hospital, and start a new life. Bonnie was only conceived in 1979. <laughs> So what I'm hearing from this is he's like that one Japanese guy who was in the jungle for like 30 years and thought that the World War II was still going on. Or he's just a really dedicated LARPer. And this is intercut with Andy chasing Jem around the zoo shouting, what do you mean you don't have any money? Jem has this incredible hostage negotiation skill, which is first off explaining all of the money goes into Starlight Foundation and also Jerrica does all the taxes. We are constantly broke. And then Andy is like, you're going to get me that dough or else. And Jem does this amazing thing. She just looks at him, says, no, and runs away. (laughs) Meanwhile, by the way, Bonnie is trying to climb up the rocks around the bear enclosure and just kind of starts uh, slipping. And then she cries out for help. Martin hears her and while screaming his dead wife's name, runs into the bear enclosure and catches Bonnie who starts crying, daddy. She doesn't even know his name yet. This is literally the first moment she's seen him. I mean, he has red hair. He caught her in the bear enclosure. He 
prove that he loved her. Meanwhile, Gemma's like, I gotta put some distance between me and Andy. I know, I'll have Synergy make some gorillas. Synergy makes gorillas that look like someone has described a gorilla to her. Andy is horrified. Runs away straight into Martin, and Andy does not care about Martin because there are gorillas. And in response, Martin locks him in the monkey cage. And we never see what happens to him. He died somehow. He became like an environmental storytelling moment in a Bioshock game. So Gem runs up and is like, is Bonnie okay? And Bonnie's like, my father is here. Yep, Bonnie's fine. And Martin's like, I remember everything. I love you. My daughter is here. That's like, oh, oh, this is where she gets it. And then we go to a goodbye party that is ostensibly it's for Bonnie, but um, it's it's more for us. Take that fourth wall. So the Stingers are here at this party. So is Mrs. Bailey and Lindsay. Jem is like, Bonnie, here's a present from the holograms. And Riot's like, Jem, give me a kiss. And Jem's like, ah, Bonnie, give him a kiss. Use this child as a human shield against Riot's lips. Riot's actually really cute here because he like he's not really bummed out or anything. He's just like, oh, you're welcome, little child. Our cat and mouse game continues, Jem. And then the misfits are here. You can start the party now. The misfits are here. And surprisingly, they're not here to like kidnap a child or explode something. They're just like, hey, here's a present for Bonnie. It's definitely not something lethal. It's the last episode of the show, so let's all be friends now. Jem's like, why are you here? And Pizazz is like, why do you always think the worst of me? And Stormer just cuts in like, don't answer that. And then it's time to go. Aja and Jem are talking in the other room. Jerrica as Jem is a little bit miffed because Bonnie didn't notice that Jerrica wasn't there. And Jerrica, this is not about you. But luckily, on cue, we have Bunny saying, wait, where's Jerrica? Where's my other dad? And Jerrica goes in and Bonnie says, I love you. I'll never forget you. And Martin's like, we'll come visit. And then Bonnie turns to the camera, directly to the camera and says, goodbye, everyone. I hope you all be as happy as I am. And we have a song here, but that's the last line of the show. That's the last spoken line. Oh, God. It's like the sky's the limit all over again. And then we have the last song of the series called This Is Farewell, and it's all three bands here. And they're all singing a song together. And, like, we even have, like, all of the background singers and everything. We have Rio singing with Riot's voice. Why is Rio singing? You know what I really want in this music video that's not there? Eric Raymond singing with Riot's voice. And, and like, a lot of these are sung not to Bonnie, but a lot of these lines are sung to the camera, to the audience, saying goodbye to the kids watching, to the audience, to us, to saying, you'll still see us in syndication. But... Goodbye, but not forever. And at the end of the song, Bonnie leaves with her dad and waves over her shoulder. And Jem waves back at the camera. At us. Guys, I'm crying. This is not good. I was crying when I watched this to make notes. And I'm kind of tearing up again now. This is the last of Jem and the Holograms. I would have probably teared up if I hadn't spotted the missing Ian goodbye on the banner. You... Lucas! I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the end of the cartoon. It's been 65 episodes, and that's the last shot of them saying goodbye to everyone. We'll see you in the reruns, but that's about it. And the comic 30 years later. It's taken us three years to get to this point, and um, look, we'll get into the more messy bits of this during the uh, post-mortem. But yeah, that's the end of Jem and the Holograms. There's no next time. 
What a weird storyline to wrap up before the show ends, though, right? (laughs) Of all the things that needed wrapping up in this show, why did we need to find Bonnie's dad? Pizzazz is never reconciled with her father, by the way. Bonnie gets a dad. That's the episode to go out on. I just, you know what? At least there was an abandoned zoo and kidnapping. This is a pure piece of soap opera garbage, and I love it. I would certainly hold this fondly in my memories were it not for my amnesia. Lucas, thanks so much for coming on. Sorry that, like, the only episode we could get you on in time was the last one. No, this has been a fantastic project that I've been happy to listen along to. I have, no joke, listened to every one of your episodes, so I was happy to get on towards the end. Sorry about the audio quality, the early ones. No judgment. Before we get into where people can find you, uh, leading into that, we have actually each individually guested uh, at least once on uh, one of your other projects. But in general, where can folks find you? Well, if people wanted to find out my wacky adventures on Twitter. They can follow me at Lokified, L-O-K-I-F-I-E-D on Instagram as well. Although Instagram has become oops all babies recently. And if people wanted to f- hear my voice some more and hear me talk about stuff from back in the day, my podcast is called The Math of You. It's about formative media from when we were young. And yes, I have had all three members of this podcast on, Annie and Kit twice uh, and Mac just recently. Uh, I make a custom cocktail or mocktail in some cases for the guest every time and it's a good time and I've had a great time making it. So and Join us next time for the gem jam retrospective as well as other comic episodes we'll get into that later no worries in the meantime the gem jam comes out every sunday or well that'll be changing we'll talk about that it'll come out when it comes out on itunes soundcloud stitcher and youtube we'll probably be moving away from soundcloud it is dying uh, you can also find us on twitter and tumblr uh we're at the gem jam just about everywhere except on twitter we're at gem jam cast if you like what we do and you want to support us a like rating review subscribe comment wherever you find our podcast uh, really helps us helps our metrics helps us get discovered helps us yell about glam rock with more people because that is still going to be our shtick forever now i think if you want to support us with dollars you can do that over at patreon.com slash the gem jam for a couple bucks a month you can support not only this however it continues but other projects such as i will fight you uh, our other podcasts which just recently had an episode about ever after and we'll be having one soon about kingdom hearts and you can also check our other video series uh which is date me damn it where we play otome games and by that i mean where we heckle kit while she plays otome games i can't believe you people have done this to me you're welcome so until next time dear listeners i'm annie i'm kit and i'm mac and i'm lucas and this has been the Gem Jam. I'm pretty much exhausting my uh, my list of adages, so let's go back to the uh, to the original one. Stay outrageous, Internet.